Amen, amen. Hey, give it up for the worship team. It's so awesome. All right. Happy Sunday morning, 9 a.m.ers. How are we doing today? Are you awake? All right, that is the opposite of how the students usually are in the other rooms, so I'm happy to be with you. Uh, if we have never met, I am Josh. I am the youth pastor here, high school and middle school, and we typically meet right on over there, but uh, Pastor Bob is taking a much-needed week in between uh, different sermon series, and so I get the blessing of coming and giving and delivering you the word. But I always want to get to know you. Uh, I want to spend more time with you. So Pastor Mitch was talking about candy, and yes, we want you guys to bring candy. We believe that the Harvest Festival is an amazing alternative to what else is out there, and uh, we believe it's a safe space, a fun space, and an exciting space to be and uh, we need you guys to bring candy, but I want to know what your favorite candy is. So on the count of three, I'm going to have all of you yell towards me what your favorite candy is. Okay, you guys ready? Did you practice? You did your vocal warm-ups? All right, let's do this, okay? One, two, three. Twix. Twix, C's, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, last night, someone said carne asada, so... I don't know if you'd consider that candy, but I was on board with that idea. Um, but yes, I, I think it's a perfect segue into what I'm excited to share with you this morning, um, which is a, a sermon I entitled Stand Guard. And it's just going to be talking about self-control and discipline. I think something we all need um, and something I learned along the way. And so if you need a Bible, throw your hand up in the air. We got volunteers in the back. They can bring them up to you. But how many of you are Costco members? How many of you, right? Well, they lit, I, I am also a Costco member. My hand was up for that reason too. And uh, you can't be a Costco member till you're 18. And so when I turned 18, I decided that is one of the first investments that I would do. I got a job here at the church. I was working facilities and I decided let's get a Costco membership. So I did. And I don't know about you, but when I walk into Costco and I get one of those big old carts, and I walk around, I end up leaving with things I didn't know existed before. And it just happens that way. And for years, I was known as the guy who had boxes of fruit snacks in the trunk of his car. And all my friends would come in and they'd eat them all. And, and then somewhere along the way, I realized, wait a second. If I go into Costco every single time and I leave with a box of fruit snacks, it's going to end up badly. And so you learned, I learned discipline, I learned self-control, I learned not to buy it every single time. And how much bigger and how much more important is self-control and discipline in our lives as believers? How much more important is it to, to walk faithfully knowing when to read the Bible, that we should be reading the Bible, that we should be praying, that we should be doing this, and that every day it's an action step that we can make. So that is what I'm excited to talk with you guys this morning, to share with you. Um, I am blessed to be in front of you. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're just going to open up the word together. So, Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everybody in this room. Thank you for bringing them here um, as they're walking through their own lives, whether they're in the midst of a, a crisis or a struggle or they're elated and at the top of a mountain, Lord, you are here. And Lord, your word does not return void. It, it pierces to our hearts, Lord God. And we just pray that you do that work this morning and that your name would be glorified, and that we lift it all to you, and thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to be in Second Peter. That's where we're going to start. And uh, if we haven't met, uh, I, 
uh, just a quick brief, whatever it is. I grew up as a missionary kid. Um, I've been blessed to be serving the Lord with my parents for years, and it's awesome to have examples. Godly men and women in this church who I've seen uh, lead an example, and as well as my parents, and it's just such a sweet, sweet feeling to know that you are walking um, with people who have done it before you. And, and I love that. I love that idea of having the example in front of you. If you look around, you look around in your life, whether you're a musician or an athlete or maybe a business owner or whatever, we can look to people who've gone before you. And the cool thing is, is we know that when there is success and we know that when there is wisdom and time and discipline and all those things, man, we see it. We see it. We can learn from it. And that's what I love right here. We have a God that gives us the perfect example to look at, right? We have an amazing, just perfect God. And in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So awesome. Listen, far better than any words that anybody can say or great stories that there are, the Bible is so much more powerful and the words of God. And it's really cool to have a God that has laid it out for us um, I, I'm not a big math person, right? Do we have any math people in here? Like high intelligent algebra plug thing. No one wants to raise their hand. Well, congratulations, you guys. Um, I'm a geometry guy. I like shapes and triangles and squares and all that kind of stuff. But we have this amazing God who gives us a perfect formula on how to live and walk through our lives. It's pretty amazing. If you're stuck wondering what to do, man, let's look no further than the word of God. And I love how this list starts. It's perfectly organized. It's perfectly laid out. It's, it's intentional in the order of, of all that it is. And the first thing in that list says is add to your faith. Before we can talk about anything else, before we can move on to how do I grow in discipline? How do I walk in self-control? How do I do this? Is where is your faith? What is it? Is that at a low? Because what, we're saved by... It's a question. Saved by, through, through faith, right? Saved by grace through faith. So what is your faith like? We need to add to that constantly because at the very beginning of everything that we do and every thought that we have should be the Lord. Is your faith in him or is it in somebody else or is it in your own abilities? Is it in your success? Is it in like, the guaranteed business deal that's gonna happen or whatever it is. We want to add to our faith. And then we go from there and we say, all right, God is first. And what does God call us to do? To live a virtuous life. 
a moral life, to live walking faithfully as a Christian would walk. And the Bible is full of examples. And then the list continues, and the two that I really want to sit in uh, for today is this, we're adding to virtue knowledge. Knowledge. What do you guys think? Knowledge of things of the world, knowledge of computer science or the stock market or sports, which I know there's, there's a crazy sports weekend this weekend. We got baseball and football, basketball starting. Is it about the stats that we could find? All good things. No, it is about the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and a knowledge of God. Okay, so then we have knowledge and self-control. How do we live this life? How do we walk? What choices should I make? What choices do I decide to do? And, and I just wanna look deeper into this. So uh, there's really three points that I wanna look at. It's a how, a why, and then this action that we should take, right? This action that we should take. If we know how to walk faithfully, if we know how to seek God, knowing how to and why to walk first, and then you can take action knowing how you need to. How many of you are asking God a question right now and you wanna know the answer to it? You're desperate to know the answer to it. And maybe it's a good question. Maybe you have a couple job offers right now and you're like, which one do I take, right? Which one do I take? Well, choosing one or the other may be an okay option. And then we faithfully walk towards God, trusting him with the outcome. Right? That's what we're called to do. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things. I'm an overthinker. I'm sure there's a few of you out there. I'm an overthinker. I like to overcomplicate things. And if we break it down and we look to what God would say, he would call us to just faithfully walk to him, to do these things, and trust him with the results. And maybe that's all you need to do. We're adding to our faithfulness. We need to walk in faith. And knowing how to uh, seek God more and understand him more is something that we should work on. So Proverbs 1.7, and if you want, most of the verses are gonna be on the screen if you wanna look at it, but you can turn there if you want. It's just one verse. I like these little ribbons in the Bible. But verse seven in Proverbs 1 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord. Is God just a character in your life that you know is important, yet isn't holding this place of reverence and esteem sitting on the throne of your life? Do you have this fear and belief that the Lord is running things for you? Because that is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and seeking him. And that, then you can dig in and you can say, how do I know this God more? Man, I open up the Bible. I talk to the students about this a lot and I think it applies deeply to my life because I preach from what God is sharing with me. And how do you guys know your best friends? Everyone in here probably has a best friend, whether it's been for 40 years, four weeks, whatever it is. How do you think you get to know them? Is it by spending less or more time with them? Thank you, spending more time with them. So do you wake up in the morning excited to know this God, to know his voice, to understand how to walk? Because I said it last time I, I, I was blessed to preach in here. When you walk out that door, when you leave, you're living your life. You're living your walk with the Lord. I can't live it for you. Your family can't live it for you. Your friends can't live it for you. You have to walk that out. And so 
Am I seeking after him? Am I treating God like my best friend, someone I spend immense time with, who, who I know their voice, their laugh, the, all these things? Do you know God? And we know how to do it, and it is, there is no shortcuts to it. There's no quick pitch that you can do to know God. There are things you can know about God, but we know God by spending time with him. So sometimes this discipline and self-control and these actions we need to take in our life are simply just reading the word of God. We do this thing in youth and um, it, I basically ask them at Bible study every Tuesday night, I ask them to hold up their fingers for how many times they wanna read for the next week. I'm not gonna ask you guys to do it, don't worry, right? But it's so that they have a self-imposed goal for their lives, self-imposed goal for the next week. If you read zero times last week and then all of a sudden you, you wanna read seven, that's amazing, that's amazing, read seven times. But if, I always tell them, be honest. If you read zero times in the Bible last week, read two times this week. And they impose that on themselves because then they're finding growth and they're finding that they're seeking the Lord and let's know this God by spending time with him. Okay, so then why do we want to show self-control? Why do we want to walk this way? Um, Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24. And um, man, I am not preaching things that you haven't heard before, you haven't studied before, but I think it's really cool when maybe God is reiterating something in your life that, that you are desperate to know. And you've probably heard this verse, but it says... Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? If you desire to come after God, and I think a lot of us would profess that, we have to deny ourselves. And so last night, I, um, it, it really blesses me because my parents were supposed to be in the missions field right now. They were gonna be in Albania. I'm not sure where that is, but I'll say Albania. And so they were sitting back there and it was a subtle hint to my mom, but my mom, one of her amazing qualities, qualities is she bakes really good desserts. Do people bake in here? Yes? All right, how many of you would more likely consume the baked goods? Like you wanna eat them rather than make them. I'm on your team. All right, so we wanna eat the baked goods. And my mom, every birthday, has a different dessert for each one of us kids, there's four of us. And my dessert is brownie covered with icing, covered with like marshmallow fluff icing, covered with another layer of brownies, then Cocoa Krispies mixed with peanut butter on the top, right. <laughs> Yeah, so super healthy, um, really good for you. And so every birthday, my mom would make that. And let me tell you, it's really hard to stop at one and then even two and then even three and then breakfast is brownies and everything is brownies, right? And, and how simple is it to go, oh, I'm gonna take one cookie. I'm gonna take two cookies. I'm gonna take three cookies. I'm gonna eat all the brownies. And it was a subtle hint like, mom, I hope she got it last night. She's not here so I can say it without her here. I hope she makes them for me, right? But how much more about making choices in our life? How important is it? 
Why do we show self-control? It's so we can know, we can deny ourselves and know God more. Isn't it like more enticing and exciting to just do whatever we want at all times? I would say we do that a lot of times. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to just walk up and take that brownie or maybe it's to lie to someone important to us or maybe it's some unforgiveness in your heart and maybe it's just easier not to deal with stuff. Maybe confrontation isn't your best asset, your skill. So you don't want to deal with things. Well, what is going on in your life? Because we know how, we know why we should do it because God calls us to deny ourselves. He calls us to chase after him and, and reject choosing the sinful things of our life. Reject the easy things for us to do. And the more and more we can learn to do that, the more habits are instilled in us. And then the last thing is, okay, we know how to know God more, know his voice more, know these things more. Now we know why, because God's calling us to. And let's take action. How do I walk forward? How do I make that choice to take this job or this job? How do I make that choice to put boundaries in in this friendship or this friendship? Not to watch this, not to listen to this, not to go there, not to, to write this on a business form or this or this or this or this, fill it in. Um, it's a quote from a book, uh, the bookshop. If you haven't been in the new bookshop, it's so cool. It's like right there, we got new coffee machines, head on over, get a coffee, look at the bookshop, get pancakes, let's all hang out. But in the bookshop is a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And out of that book, there's a quote. Well, it's, it's put in the book. It says, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be long obedience in the same direction. There thereby results and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. It's not necessarily about doing it perfectly, because God doesn't want perfect us. We don't exist as perfect. He wants us to be obedient to him and to walk towards him in all that we do. And sometimes that we take five steps forward and two steps back, yet we can take this honest perspective that it is chasing after God and walking towards God and, and, and seeking after him with all we have, that direction. And that's how we live. We live with faith. And if you look at verse eight back in 2 Peter, I want to turn back there, it'll be on the screen. But if you look at verse eight, we're back to this idea of formulas. We're back to this idea uh, of, man, we can do this and know. In verse eight, it says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Abound. Maybe you're really good at having self-control and discipline. Maybe you're a really organized person who does things on time, every time, and you struggle with love. Or maybe you're good at, at other parts of it. You find yourself having faith or you find yourself persevering through hardship yet struggling in other areas. And it's really cool because this list says, if these things abound in you, you will not be barren or useless in your knowledge of God and, and serving him in all these things. It's so amazing to look and say, wow, we have a God that has laid it out for us, how we should walk. But at some point, it's gotta go from 
this idea of uh, analysis of paralysis, right? Somebody told me that a long time ago. It kind of just stuck with me for years. But sometimes we can think about what to do. We can know what to do, and we get frozen in simply just doing it. That's my encouragement. Let's walk. Let's walk that direction towards a God who is there with open arms. He never moves. He never moves. He's always there. And, and, and I think if we can all, as a congregation, as a church, as a youth group, as a children's ministry, learn to faithfully seek after him and walk in that direction, man, what is, God's going to do amazing things in your life, using you to do things through your life, all of that. God is so good. Yet we oftentimes catch ourselves struggling with the same thing. Am I right? I'm just preaching what I, I need to hear. I struggle with the same thing sometimes. You guys may struggle with the same thing and you're like, how do I get through this? I've tried everything. I've talked to people, I've read the Bible. Maybe you haven't talked to anybody and what you're struggling with is, is you're just not sharing with it. Before you leave this place, I always urge you, this community is bigger than this moment. It's when you walk out that door and you meet someone new. And if you need prayer, you need to talk to someone. Pastors will be up here at the very, very end and there are men and women in this church, maybe you don't know them, that would love to pray for you. We're so much bigger than just coming in and walking out that door. It's a community. That's why men's ministry and women's ministry and youth for the gospels is so important because, man, Sunday to Sunday is a long time. Maybe you just need community to lift you up. That's one of the most beautiful things. I love people because that's what I saw my parents do for their whole lives is we'd see thousands of people I couldn't even speak to come and just smiling and talking and wanting to learn. And that's what this church is about. That's what being a believer is about. And one of the things that we need to do, and I believe that will help us overcome, is we need to stand guard, right? What's the devil seeking to do? Three things. Kill, steal, and destroy. Are you standing guard? Okay, so there's this guy on staff, uh, amazing servant from Guatemala. His name is Stuardo. And Stuardo's been doing facilities at this church and running facilities since like the 90s. Uh, he was my first boss. Um, he was a good boss. I'll tell him that. He, he is so faithful. He works so hard. And he has this son named Kevin. And Kevin used to work here. And Kevin's like this big beefcake, just loves the gym, works out every day and I am not a big beefcake. And so Kevin would always make fun of me. And we would come to, he'd come to work and he'd be like, Josh, when are you gonna go to the gym with me? And I'll be like, good one, Kevin. And then the next day would come and he'd ask me again, he said, so when are you gonna work out with me? And I was like, I'm not going to, um, thanks though. And then he would just ask me every single day. And then eventually I was like, he's like, I got you a two week free pass at LA Fitness, Josh. I'm like, that's great, give it to someone else. And then eventually he wore me down. Eventually he wore me down. He's like, Josh, you live in Encinitas. I'll drive to you from Escondido every day for two weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. all right, Kevin, fine, let's go. Kevin put me through the most miserable leg workout of my life. And I couldn't walk for several days. I was going up and down the stairs of the bookshop. And it's really fun. If you've ever worked out and maybe your exercise is walking or biking, or maybe you like to walk the golf course, or maybe you like aerobics, or you swim, or whatever it is. There's something rewarding about doing the exercise and then wanting to do it again. You feel good, it's physical, it's good for you to do those things. And then so when you're starting to work out fresh and new, you're excited about it. 
it's easier to say no to the extra brownie. And if you've known me for any amount of time, you would understand I love snacks. I'm a big snack guy. All the employees of the deli probably know me by name. I knew the owner of the 7-Eleven that was across the street, me and Gil, our friends still. And, and I love snacks. But when you work out, it's easy to deny the things that you love because you see the growth and the gain, right? At the beginning, and then all of a sudden you're two or three weeks in and you're doing really good. And then, man, that, that food right there looks enticing. Man, that, that looks enticing over there. Let me, let me grab it. And you make that choice once. And then all, all of a sudden, it's really easy to make that choice again and again. And if you're not careful and you're not standing guard and you're not aware of what's happening and what situations you shouldn't put yourself in, if you know you need to walk away, walk away. That's part of self-control and discipline. If you know you shouldn't engage in a conversation that's going to be fruitless and you're just going to end up saying something you regret, set it up so it won't be that way. Walk away, set boundaries, all those things. That's part of discipline and self-control. And we have to stand guard. Otherwise, we will fall again. And we want to be seeking God. And God is amazing because no matter how many times we fail and we fall, he is there for us, ready with open arms. And never think you've fallen too far from God that you couldn't walk through the doors or you couldn't open up the Bible. You couldn't spend time with him because that's not a character trait of God. Yeah, he calls us to walk in, in long obedience toward him. And if you want to know how you stand guard, if you want to know how to deny, right? If you want to know how to have discipline, look no further than the scripture. Ephesians 6.10. Man, I love the God that we serve. And uh, I, uh, we have a student in the youth group who's like, on this, on this fence, on this verge of breaking into the like professional skate, skating scene. And he's really talented, humble kid, loves the Lord, really awesome. And I talked to, talk to him on the phone a lot because he's always looking for encouragement. And, and I think we all need that. And he's like, Josh, I don't know why this is happening and this is happening. I don't know what to do. And I think a lot of times what we need to do is just sit for a moment and listen for the Lord's voice and this verse right here, every day, if you want to put, stand guard, Ephesians 6, verse 10, is the start of several verses, but we're going to look mostly here. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you want to set better habits for yourself, right? 21 days to make a habit, one to break it. If you wanna set better habits for yourself, if you wanna have discipline, if you wanna stand guard, ask the Lord to equip that armor of God on you. What are some of the things in the armor of God? Anyone? Helmet of salvation, awesome. Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit, what about your feet? Yeah, awesome. Gospel of peace, right on your feet. Man, we're going into war every day, and if we can take that perspective, we'll have a desire to set those habits for ourselves, to not put ourselves in a situation we don't want to be in. And I'm not a medieval historian, so I don't technically know if there's like anything on your back. 
But I love to think and look and say, man, God's got our back, right? God has it. Do we live a life believing that God has our back? Do we stand guard? Do I wake up every day and what I tell the student is, man, ask the Lord to equip that armor of God on you because he has you to meditate in his word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Look no further than the simple name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can do that. We can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And maybe that's you right now and you are desperately desiring to break free from something, some habit you wish wasn't there. Or maybe you don't know how to start and it's something simpler. You're like, I don't know what to do here, God. Let's walk faithfully. Take that step. Lay it before the Lord. He's there with open arms listening to you. Lay it before the Lord and trust him and then walk. And if it is not what he has for you, the door will be closed. It simply takes the action of one step at a time. I think it's easy to set lofty goals. When I was a kid, I had this real big dream to be a, a professional hockey player. So my parents moved us to San Diego and there's tons of ice everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I, I, learned, I learned how to play hockey from this guy named Chris Pollock on the ship. On the ship I grew up on, the missionary ship, there's hundreds of people and he's from Canada, so hockey makes sense. And he's like, all right, Josh, if you wake up every morning early, I'll put in that effort and that time and you can, I'll teach you how to play hockey. His older brother was a professional hockey player. So I was like, all right. And he's like, if you do it, I'll give you free maple syrup from my country. And so I literally woke up. I woke up at like 5.30, 6 a.m., learned how to play hockey. And then we had pancakes and maple syrup every time. And sometimes that's us, right? Sometimes that's us. Sometimes we need some motivation to get going. Man, the thing that should, what we want to get to is this place that motivates us is just simply our passion and desire for the Lord. And maybe that's not you right now. Maybe you're wrestling with who God even is. Maybe you walk through these doors and you're uncertain. Or maybe you're like, God, why did this happen or this happen? I would deeply just encourage you to just spend time with him. That's the best thing you can do. And if you haven't started yet, you got to start. You got to start. That's, that's the only way you can do it. And I can talk till I'm blue in the face and so can the people around you, but you have to make that choice. So I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for my own, own choices that I need to make, to walk, to step, to, to live this life that is pleasing to the Lord. And if you wanna know how to do it, the Bible is full of direction. The more you know him, the more we will learn to walk. And let's stand guard together. So Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are a good God, a loving God, simply a God that is desperately desiring relationship with us, not perfect us, us. Lord God, and thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. And I pray if anyone in this room hasn't made that choice to follow you, God, may they not leave this place without making that choice there's anyone who needs to walk up and, and speak to a pastor or to 
anyone, Lord, that they would make that bold step of faith. Lord, and may you give us a desire and a passion for your word like none other. May you lead us and direct us. May we walk in faith. May you make it clear to us what you would have us walk toward. And may we faithfully do it. Lord, each day can be challenging. Each week can be challenging. We will look around us and it feels like the world is opposing what we believe. Yet we know you are bigger than that. You control everything. You know everything, Lord God. You are in control. Lord, may we lean into you. May we love you more. May we seek you more. And may your name be glorified. And God, may you lead us all. In your name we pray. Amen.